The following Tech Talk broadcast was originally recorded on March 11th with Michael Miller. Unfortunately, the first half of the program was lost due to technical difficulty. We pick up the story as Michael talks about one of the issues related to being connected to the Internet, and that is the ability for others to witness what you are doing as you sit at your computer. Enjoy. The correct port on the firewall, and this is probably where people start, their eyes start glazing over, not for you, but for many others, for, for your request to actually get to the computer inside of the network. And that's why, you know, generally my answer to people is you should probably just use the software you pay for because you don't have to do any of that. But if you're willing to do that, and if you're willing to sort of jump through those hoops, then it's actually really simple for you to every time just say, boop, boop, type in my number for, for my office network and network right in, get access to all the computers you need to. And it can be secure because the communication is encrypted and you can use a uh, ports that normally wouldn't be used so people can't necessarily just find them very easily. And then you still have to plug in the username and password for the computer you're trying to access. So if you're using a pretty good username and a pretty good password, it's really incredibly unlikely that anyone is going to be compromised your, your stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so the, there's good news here. There is. There, it, what's more, actually, I would go so far as to say that Almost everyone who hasn't done it should try it at some point because it's really quite liberating to realize I've got this office computer and I can actually access it from anywhere and see what it does. And I might be, have access to capabilities that my laptop doesn't have. I have a friend who's an architect who, and he uses a piece of software called GoToMeeting made by the same guys, Citrix, who make GoToAssist. And he uses that to remotely access a computer that runs architectural software that his computer could really never run anywhere near as well. But he runs it on his screen just fine. He moves the stuff around just fine. And to him, it's actually probably faster than doing it on his laptop, even though this particular computer is located thousands of miles away. Because again, the hardware is so much better. And everything just happens faster. He, he does a huge amount of work on it. And it's, that's sort of the vision. All of this technology, dual-edged sword, right? On the one hand, What's your privacy? What's your security? Who's watching you? You stare into the abyss, and the abyss stares back, so to speak. But on the flip side, you can be free. You could theoretically be doing really complex office work on a beach and with a Mai Tai, which sounds pretty nice right now. Right. And so right now what we're going to do, uh, Michael, I'm suggesting a break. Okay. And because I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what you're going to say after the break, uh, about the solution when you're on the other side. and Run, run in fear. Okay. Run while you still can. Remember, folks, get in touch, facebook.com slash out of a jam or 841-7368. We will be right back. All right. You're listening to Radio Free Palmer, KVRF 89.5 on your FM dial. If you'd like to get involved with Radio Free Palmer, contact us at RadioFreePalmer.org. This is your chance to invent community radio in Sutton, Butte, Chickaloon, and the surrounding areas. Well, I don't know what I'm looking for, but I know that I just want to look some more. And I won't be satisfied till there's nothing left that I haven't tried. For some people, 
are back. We are talking about internet security, namely the society of ratters, people who live online and spy on you for generally no other purpose than to spy. Save your video logs from your web camera, save your audio logs from your microphone, or save your keystrokes, things you've typed. And they often do this in very comprehensive ways. And they have gigabytes and gigabytes of information, store, information stored about what you are doing in your life. And, Michael, we began this program. You certainly painted a grim picture of the ease. one might yes, say. Yes, the, the ease with which people apparently were able to uh, peek into and set this all up and make it happen and all the rest. But you also suggested there was help. Right, there is. I recommend getting a cabin in the woods and not having any to get out. No, I don't. And before I get on to what will help, I, I will actually note a couple of things about this. Let's say there isn't much help outside of the cabin in the woods scenario. And, and there is. There, there, you know, technology, again, it's a tool that spreads in any number of directions, bad and good. It's, it's essentially, to some degree, power. And how you use that power is incredibly flexible. But... Let's say, just for a second, as a hypothetical, that there isn't much you can do. You just have to sort of toss the coin and hope for the best, and your computer is not compromised. Oh, man, oh, man, I really hope so. But then, do you, do we just say, I'm done. Okay, unplugging this. I'm, I'm, I'm just living without the Internet. Back to the manual typewriter for me, or whatever it is. And the thing I need, really need to feel is that, to some degree, these things are creepy because we're not used to them. And I'm not saying we should be used to them or accept them. What I'm saying is consider this. Consider that there is a tool that lets someone stare at you at any point in the day. Consider that there is a tool that lets someone see every intimate moment of your life right into your living room, right into your kitchen. Let's say there is a tool that lets anyone physically enter your house, and maybe now you see where I'm going, and take anything they want. And let's say those tools are called windows and doors. Now, we don't really think about that too much, but people do call, do in fact spy through Windows mm -hmm. every day. They're called voyeurs. Sure. They take videos. They have their own online forums. We don't really talk about it that much because, frankly, it's not interesting anymore. It's just really creepy that there are people who really get excited by this. They use their binoculars. That's also another tool used to spy on you from a distance. There are any number of ways of tapping your phones, recording what someone says, taking pictures of you without knowing. There, there are so many things online or not online of your security being compromised that has nothing to do with your computer. And most of the time, we walk around in life and we don't even think about it twice. We just say, oh, yeah, that's terrible. Okay, moving on. 
until, say, our house is broken into, at which point we might put on a lock or a security system or, or might get really paranoid. But then we generally we don't want to hang out with the really paranoid people, right? We don't really want to hang out with people who have aluminum foil over their windows and six locks on their doors in downtown Palmer. It's a little weird because you sort of have to roll the dice, dice and that's life. Your computer, to a degree, is no different. Yes, there are security measures you can take in the home and on your computer. And yes, as a matter of course in life, you have to accept that the more accessible you make the outside world, the more access the outside world has to you. If you don't have a door on your house, people can just walk in. You put a door, you have to open the door each time. You put a lock, you might have to lock unlock. The same thing happens with the computer. You hook up to the internet, aka the hive mind, you know, everyone on the planet, your risk factor factor goes ways up, a ways up. And you to some degree, have to accept that there are going to be new threats and freaky new things that aren't really much different than what we've dealt with before. We just have to think about it. And we can't panic. There should be perhaps fear, but there should not be panic. And there should be uh, a recognized way of saying, okay, what exactly do I do? So that's my anti-panic rant, if you will. Because there... You, you're going to say, I can I no, 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 your no, intake no, of breath. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting. Okay, okay. okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not panicking. I'm not, I'm I'm not just, pa- panicking, no. I'm just getting ready to, to rant some more. The, the tools you can use, and we're not going to yet get to the really, really best tool because I'm still waiting to see if anyone guesses. And, again, you can get in touch via Facebook. Facebook.com slash out of a jam. You can text me at 841-7368. give you a number to call. You will win a prize. You know, I've tried this many times before. People are driving home. They don't really necessarily feel like they can call the radio. But I, I'm just saying I'll make it worth your while. We'll see if you can guess. But moving on, what, what, what's the least, what, what are some of the tools that are not quite as surefire? Obviously, antivirus software is useful. Always keep it installed. Always keep it updated. It's hard for me not to make a dig right now and say, get a Mac. Uh, Not that having a Mac would make you 100% secure. There is malware out from the Mac that can take advantage of your webcam, in fact. That being said, if you have an operating system that is updated and completely current, no, it's not really vulnerable. If you have Java and Flash patched, all those annoying updates you don't really want to do, you're probably not vulnerable. You're doing pretty good. Strong passwords. It said don't click on stupid links. And maybe I shouldn't zip past this really so fast, but these are all the really the basics that if you follow very carefully, you almost wouldn't even need antivirus software of any kind. Don't open emails and don't click on links. Don't click on links on emails, period. How about that one? Do not ever click on a link in an email. And I don't even care if it's from someone you know and love very dearly. Copy-paste it into a browser if you have to. Navigate to the site manually. But if you want, if you don't feel confident in interpreting links by yourself, or if you're not con- definitely even if you do feel confident and you don't know who the email is from, just don't do it. Navigate to the site that you think they were Facebook, your bank, manually. Log in manually. See if the message is there. If it's not, it was a fake. So... If I had to give a sort of hard and fast rule to someone on the planet, don't click on links in emails. Don't get pirated software and songs. I, there's, there's a huge amount of argument you can have about whether you should get software for free from corporations like Microsoft that have billions of dollars or whether or not it really matters if you download a song when the artist gets two cents for the song anyway and, and the, the music group gets all the rest of the profit. 
That's a separate conversation. But the bottom line is, as is so often the case, doing something that's illegal carries other risks in that you're dealing with a crowd that if they don't care about the legality of this, they may not care about the legality of that. And if you don't visit questionable seedy parts of town, you are probably hopefully not going to get mugged. If you don't visit questionable seedy parts of the Internet, you're not going to get mugged either. So if it's coming for free, be suspicious. Antivirus software, we already talked about that. You don't have to pay for it. The free stuff is as good as the pay-for stuff. Microsoft Security Essentials, great. AVG Antivirus, great. Avast Software, great. All of them will do the job just fine. Panda Cloud Antivirus, the list goes on and on. As an addition to that, and we've covered this on the show before, but it really bears repeating over and over Malwarebytes Anti-Malware is a piece of software that catches what many antivirus programs do not. And on the Windows side, it's pure gold. Install it. It's free. Scan with it on a regular basis. Let's say once a week. If you're really paranoid, once a month. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. just use it to scan. If you think something's wrong and funky, scan with it. You can pay for a version that does all that stuff automatically. It's $39, not a very huge fee. Both of those together will do a really good job of protecting you from a great many threats. And finally, of course, be aware of what your computer is doing. If it's behaving really weird, you know, I was going to start with a story with what's almost an amusing segment. This person, they posted the video on YouTube, and that's how this first caught my attention, of uh, someone, a, a couple, watching their computer. And they're like, the computer's acting really weird. Do you think maybe it's hacked? And the hacker then makes the CD drive open, and the computer pops up a message that goes, achoo, and the CD drive's open. And they, they know they've been hacked, but they're laughing, and they, turn, they restart it, and they run anti-malware software, and it's gone. It, it, you know, it's pretty entertaining. But it's also really scary. And again, pay attention to what your computer is doing. And if it's popping up a bunch of ads, if it's got toolbars galore, software you didn't ask for, messages, uh, anytime it pops up a security message saying you have viruses, click here to fix them. If it's not from what you know is your antivirus program, it's a fake. Don't do it. And that just sort of falls into the basic Try and educate yourself or remember how your computer normally behaves because then you'll spot when it's behaving abnormally. That's that's the easy stuff. Now, the sort of golden ticket here and what's really great about all of this is that these hackers have not found – and by the way, I'm very disappointed in all of you. If you're listening, you personally, yes, the person who is listening, I'm sad that you did not get in touch and at least guess as to what's going on. But – You can pay attention to one very key thing, the light by your webcam. And that might seem really silly and obvious, but people don't. And I see a lot of people who tape over the webcam just by default out of fear. And here's the thing. The light on your webcam is really awesome because it's tied to your webcam being on. It's hardware. It's not software. And, in fact, these people, they've posted on these forums saying the first person who finds a way to disable the light is going to be a millionaire. He's going to be the most, the richest person on hackforums.net because we will all love him dearly and pay him greatly for his services. Older PC laptops don't have a light by the webcam. I pretty sure, I guess I would have to double check this. Almost all the Mac laptops, or all of them, do. Yeah, actually, all of them do. All of them have a little green light that lights up next to it. Basically, every new PC laptop does. 
there are sections of the forums dedicated to mapping out all the computers that don't have a light or all the webcams that people buy and attach that don't have a light and ways of identifying that computer online and then infecting that one so you don't get caught. Or a lot of people just don't pay attention. One particularly clever hacker actually went ahead and... Um, popped up a message when the light would come on and he noticed that the person who was noticing popped up a message saying, oh, we're updating your webcam firmware. The light may flash on and off sporadically. Don't pay attention to this. So <laughs> pay attention to messages like that. They should not be coming up. If your webcam light is on, it's working and it should not be working unless you specifically told it to work. That's, that's definitely the bottom line. It's tier hardware. Pay attention to that. And as long as that remains the case and you'll learn it's not, you're probably okay. So, again, be aware of your surroundings. Okay. Well, that's, a, that's fantastic. I mean, that's uh, simple. It is. It's, it's super simple. And, and a lot of these people, you know, both in their own ignorance, as, as evidenced by how easy it is, the end result is that they're relying on people who are ignorant themselves. And that's their, their main tool. And for the most part, for most of them, if you scroll through the forums, they don't take it seriously when someone figures it out. They just move on to another target. They say, ah, this guy figured it out. You know, he flipped me off on camera. That's hilarious. Moving on to the next guy. And eventually they find someone who doesn't pay attention and, and doesn't care and just leaves their computer on 24-7. Okay, so earlier you talked about uh, some other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you started out by saying... We tend to like to be connected to the Internet because we go out there and get our email. We do browsing. We do a variety of other things. But we also have the capability of, of to some degree, turning off uh, the sharing of our computer or the connecting to our computer. Is there anything down that line that we especially should be paying attention to? Well, I would certainly argue that as basic security – your network should have a firewall, right? It blocks every, every piece of computer communication happens on a port. Mm-hmm. It, that's just how it works. Just like every piece of traffic on the highway needs to happen on a road, every piece of communication needs to happen on a port. And a firewall closes incoming ports by default. Requ- people from the outside world that want to connect to your computer, a firewall blocks it on, ex- on all of them except for the most basic ports, port 80, the Internet, the HTML f- through a web browser. Sure. If you have a router, if you have a wireless router, you have a firewall, end of story, nothing to worry about there too much. Um, that's, that's an obvious one. And then, of course, yeah, by default, if you have file sharing off on your computer, if you have screen sharing off on your computer, all this stuff is off, there's no way for someone to turn it on remotely through the power of their hackery. There, people, the fascinating thing to me about all of this is that unlike stories of old or computers of old, which were just Swiss cheese in terms of security, if your computer has all that stuff off and you just leave it on the network, the end. Really, as far as outside people are concerned, they cannot get access to it. The only thing they can do, and this is what's so bu- not bizarre, but I, I twisted about all of this, is that the only thing they can do is to trick you into explicitly giving them access. Mm-hmm. And they can do that through tricking you, through running it in a song, through running a pirated program, through whatever it is. They have to – clicking on a link on Facebook. You know, you know those really idiotic, you know, like this if you hate the president or love the president or this and that that has a link. A lot of those are there expressly to spread malware. A lot of the chain emails you get that – 
spread these incredibly annoying jokes or sappy messages or whatever it is, they're there for that reason too. They're not just harmless and annoying. They're actually actively malicious and they are preying on people's emotions to get passed on down the line. If something says, you know, you're not a good person if you don't like it or forward it, mm-hmm. it's fundamentally evil and it's there to do something to you or it was initially. Social engineering, that is the security risk. We are the vector of attack. The computers aren't the vector. We're the vector. Okay, so so in a, an attempt, a uh, pale imitation, uh, to, to channel Paul. <laughs> yes. This, this is a difficult thing to <laughs> this do. This is a difficult we all thing. Acknowledge, yes. I, I know. I acknowledge that. But I'm thinking that uh, earlier you were talking about stay out of the seedy parts of town. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, physically, we drive into a town or drive into whatever town you want to pick. You, you can sort of see the seedy parts of town. But what I'm thinking about with the Internet is... Naked people. <laughs> well... I, I hate to say it, but really, no, it's true. If, if a site is advertising beautiful Facebook girls, or if it's advertising anything remotely licentious or sexy, really? Mm-hmm. Danger. Danger, Will Robinson. And, and this is coming from someone who I assure you is not a prude. I, 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 you know, nothing morally opposed to people enjoying whatever, whatever they happen to enjoy. More power to you. But the fact is, and I can say this as someone who's been to just about every part of the Internet on the planet, that if a website is really advertising things like you know meet your hot date tonight adultfriendfinder.com bad news and and bad news not necessarily that the site is intentionally malicious very probably not mm-hmm. it's just that that attracts a different kind of crowd and that then starts attracting people who are perhaps there and have emotionally or or to some degree for whatever reason turned their active intelligence off. Okay. And so free software, basically anything too good to be true, bad news. Okay. Free software, lotteries. Uh, actually, and he, I will note this as well, too good to be true can happen on legitimate sites as well. I don't know if you've even visited our local excellent news site, The Frontiersman. They source ads sometime from uh, from around – if they don't have ads to put on their website, they contract with another company that sources ads from around the country. Sure. Which is a incredibly common practice. If you Basically, if you have an internet that needs ads, you will probably do that. It's mm-hmm. stupid not to. Well, one of the ads that runs sometimes is for a piece of software called Mac Keeper. Mm-hmm. Mac Keeper advertises how awesome it is and it will make your computer run faster, better, stronger should you just click the Run Now button. That falls directly under the Too Good to Be True moniker. That doesn't happen. It doesn't really help at all, and they will try to get you to spend money on them. They're not malware, but they are awfully close to it. I mean, they are, as far as I'm concerned, an iota, a, a hair's breadth removed from active malware, and that they're not stealing your information, but they are selling really shaky software or software that's probably going to actually harm your computer rather than help it and they're charging money for it those ads too good to be true nothing is going to make your computer run faster with the click of a button that's a slight generalization but it's broadly true if you're looking for man i don't want i don't want to have to suffer with becoming a computer science major to figure this out then you you sort of need to abide by some hard and fast rules and that sort of goes to the cd side of town like we all maybe if you live long enough you can go to a cd bar and you can have a great time right it's awesome but sorry go uh, for so, it so so then then there's the other the other kind of place the mm-hmm. place that is masquerading as 
the opposite of the CD part of town. Right. Your bank. Save, yes. Save thy computer. You won't hit those places unless you click on them in an email or Facebook or an instant message link. And maybe I'm wrong in saying that in a security expert, which, by the way, I have to know, we are working on getting uh, the one a representative from Malwarebytes, who I talked about Malwarebytes sure. earlier, and they've agreed to come on the show. Wonderful. And it's either going to be next week or the week after that. So we get to grill them on some of this as well. And those guys are really sort of the, key, the cream of the crop. So that's going to be a great show. But those websites, you're not going to hit it by going to bankofamerica.com. You're not going to hit it by going to wellsfargo.com. If you type in the address, you will not get tricked. If you click on a link, you might, hence the, the hard and fast rule. And really, that's the only useful advice I can give because they're very good at masking that, the, the sites. They make, I, I have gotten caught several times, almost, whether looking at an email and just being like, eh, that's legitimate, and deleting it because I don't care about whatever the, you know, your bill is right. overdue. Okay, right. I'm used to my bill being overdue. And it wouldn't be till later that I would catch sight of it again and go, oh, wow, that is totally fake. I would have never thought of that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, there are websites that try to be legitimate, and your only way to protect against those is to Make sure that you visit sites you know are legitimate by manually typing in the address, and the chances of you then going to the wrong site are very, very slim indeed. Okay. So just to sort of cap all this, uh, in in terms of sites uh, going to a site um, that is legitimate, mm-hmm. and uh, to what degree out there are there sites that look really, really close to being legitimate but are not? Well, here's here's an issue that anyone who works in the computer field has. And you'll notice I've been talking in really broad generalizations. Sure. Anyone who's computer savvy will probably come in and be like, well, pff, I click on links all the time. You know, you just have to know what you're doing. It's, there's definite telltale signs and all sorts of things. But, and more importantly, if you're paying attention, your browser tells you. There, uh, you've we've all received a message about a security certificate. I don't know right. if that rings a bell, but for yep. most people it will. We've all gotten a message about a security certificate. That is a certificate that is issued by specific authorities who are licensed and bonded and insured to websites like banks, like online stores, and you they get this certificate. It communicates to your computer. That tells them that the communication is secure, everything legit. You know, it's basically like getting a driver's license. Yep. Your computer checks it and says, okie dokie. And web browsers today will flash up a little green symbol next to a site that has one and say, hey, you're good. And they, in years past, they would have a little lock symbol that would mm-hmm. show as locked. But the average person doesn't pay attention to those signs. Your computer, Windows, Mac, Linux, or otherwise, is desperately trying to communicate stuff to you all the time. And it's a constant struggle for people who make these things to be like, when does it get annoying and get lost in a sea of noise? And when is it something we can actually communicate? And more and more, it's becoming increasingly evident that you can't really hardly communicate any of it. Like, you can con- communicate incredibly critical bad things. You know, giant pop-up message. Well, even that, because that gets lost against the, the bad the bad pop-up messages, right? Sure. Really good antivirus actually just generally works in the background, finds the stuff, kills it. You never see it. You never really see it. it might po- It will pop up a little message, and you'll ignore it. So 
I would personally say, and I would definitely argue this with just about anybody, that the war of information has been lost because it's so easy to spread misinformation. And your computer, the people will definitely continue to make browsers and software that tries to pop up this information. But what Microsoft and Apple are trying to do are to preempt that entire conversation. They are trying to say, it doesn't matter what the user knows, we're going to find ways to just cut the stuff off the pass. Hence the App Store, hence user accounts on Microsoft Live accounts. In other words, you buy into the safe ecosystem from Apple or from Microsoft that nothing can break into because they have created this walled garden. Of course, just as in life, Walled gardens comes with price. Safety comes with a price, and that price happens to be freedom. Oh, right, freedom to freedom to enjoy all those places on the internet that give you the information that you'd like to have. Or provide yeah. you with install the program you want to install from the person you want to do it from. Uh, and, and you know, I'm definitely not a walled garden cry thiefer because honestly, for most people, it's a great thing. But there's no question that it sort of raises the specter. The the Apple app store on the iPhone has fallen into any number of scrutiny or issues for it arbitrarily filters out applications that it thinks are ethically or morally unacceptable, mm-hmm. which they've done a pretty good job at. But do we really, is that the direction we want the computing world to go for safety's sake? Do we want our computers to say, well, Microsoft has decided that this is not Uber okay, <coughs> not for you. No, that's really creepy thought, actually. It's okay if it happens on the phone in this little specific thing and you have choice. We do have choice of these other systems if they happen to start abusing that power. But the way that they are ultimately going to fight against this rising rise of Internet terrorism is via the walled garden. And not two years, not four years, not even five years from now, but I wonder. I, I, it's very going to be very interesting to see what happens ten years from now when that's going to have become the default de facto way to go. And, and you know, you're probably going to be running a computer that you actually don't have too much choice on, and you probably won't care. Mm-hmm. Because you'll be safe. You'll be safe, and most of us just want to run a word processor and a web browser and not worry about ratters. So why wouldn't you want to be safe? But, you know, that's... Well, interesting enough, uh, we during the break there quickly, I put into my browser... Uh, the question uh, whether ratting was illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came up with a whole bunch of things. The, the number one hit was, of course, the hack, hacker site that mm-hmm. uh, was all about ratting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when I connected to that site, interestingly enough, it said, uh, they give a little spinning uh, ball and said, we're collecting more... <laughs> <laughs> We're checking on you. Yeah, before before you can move further on into the site, we are, uh, and I'm not sure what, I left the site, actually. Actually, no, it's a good point. The site requires registration. It requires registration. You have to register with an email and a password. And if you're a hacker, what you're going to do is you're going to use a fake email and a you know, sure. non-standard password, and you're probably going to mask what your computer you're doing it from. Right. But they even warn you in the site's information, that, and I don't remember what the exact site is, but yes, that information might be collected on you. <laughs> Too bad, so sad. You know, you should probably be more clever than that. And, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a very interesting world in, in any number of ways. And, you know, moving forward, that converse, conversation we just had about walled gardens, before we sign off, I should note that one of the prominent developers of what, uh, one of these pieces of software we mentioned earlier, Dark Comet, he ended up closing it down and pulling it off the market. 
And I, I have to quote what he said. He, I have devoted years with a nonprofit philosophy for you to enjoy without asking anything in return other than respect of the rules. Unfortunately, some of you couldn't respect the terms, he wrote. Why did I take such a decision? Like it was said above, because of the misuse of the tool, and unlike so many of you seem to believe, I can be held responsible for your actions, and there's something I will not tolerate is having to pay the consequences for your mistakes, and I will not cover for you. And the last thing he added was, without mentioning what happened in Syria. And what happened in Syria is that that tool, along with other ratting tools, was used in 2012 as part of a war against the Syrian rebels. And it was used to infect their computers, compromise their positions, and then execute them. And that was something that he was apparently, and this is me interpreting that, wasn't okay with. But that is tied into in an indirect way to what are talking about walled gardens that these same people who insist so stridently they have the right to compromise our privacy are often the same people who will champion and be the first-line defenders on our right to run whatever software we want on our computers and finding ways of jailbreaking our phone and finding ways of running the operating system that we want. So as always, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Okay. Well, thank you, Michael. It's Wonderful. been great to be here. We'll look forward to being back next week with Mike and with Paul and with guests galore. Please get in touch during the week. As always, help at outofajam.net, facebook.com slash outofajam. Have an awesome week, and we'll talk to you soon. I kept dreaming of a world I thought I'd never see. And then, one day, <laughs> 